good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. And we will start off with the daily numbers, as we always do. There were 14,176 new COVID-19 cases and 228 more fatalities recorded during the previous 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Wednesday morning. There were 13,670 cases in the general population and 506 among prison inmates. On Tuesday, 16,769 COVID-19 patients were discharged from hospital after recovering from the coronavirus. So yes, the numbers are definitely on the way down. It looks promising, especially in the dark red zones. Hopefully we'll see things start to get back to a reasonable normal and people can start to live their lives again. Now our first story of the day. Hotel operators consider closing a midweek demand. Amid tepid tourist demand, 52% of hotel operators are considering closing temporarily, while 9% want to shut down permanently if the COVID-19 pandemic lasts longer than expected. A joint survey by the Bank of Thailand and the Thai Hotels Association found that 62% of hotel operators plan to reduce labour costs in order to deal with the financial effects of the pandemic. Meanwhile, 61% said they plan to cut other expenses. Between the 13th and the 28th of August, the Central Bank and the THA conducted a poll of 234 respondents, of which 14 were alternative state quarantine and 5 were hospitals. A total of 38% of Phuket Sandbox respondents said foreign tourist arrivals were lower than they expected, but 35% said the numbers were as expected. On average, the occupancy rate was steady at 15%. However, 52% of hotel respondents in Suratani, the host of the Samui Plus model, said they were receiving fewer travellers than expected, with their average occupancy rate at about 4%. Most hotel operators were experienced low incomes, with 58% of hotels reporting income of less than 10% of pre-COVID levels, while 17% earned 11-30% to of their pre-outbreak income. Marisa Sukasal, president of the THA, said hotels in August had an occupancy rate of 10.6% nationwide, which was only slightly higher than the previous month of 9.6%. A total of 65% of hotel operators said they had only enough liquidity to survive for less than three months. Miss Marisa said that while 17% of them remained closed, the number of active hotels increased from 40.1% in July to 48.4% in August, mainly driven by hotels in Bangkok, which turned to the long-stay market, and in Phuket, which has its quarantine-free program for inoculated tourists. Lower confidence in Koh Samui recently prompted tourism operators to call for a relaxation of the Samui Plus model, which still requires inbound tourists to stay at quarantine facilities for three days after arrival. Miss Marisa said the quarantine-free approach should be applied to other destinations to stimulate more demand, which could help save hotels during the tough financial crisis. As of September 6, Samui had received only 621 tourists via the pilot program, while the number of tourists that completed the program in Phuket and then travelled to Samui stood at over 400. After starting the program on July 15, tourists spent 7,136 room nights in Samui Plus destinations, while another 8,335 room nights had been reserved. The numbers are still a far cry from Phuket, which saw 176,128 and 125,435 room nights booked in August and September, respectively. 
Now, there is no real surprise in the numbers here from hotels, especially the number of hotels that are planning to shut down or that will shut down imminently. Unfortunately, without demand, these hotels can simply not survive. Another issue, of course, is that there are too many hotels for such a small market right now. And that also has led to, you know, a lot of very low occupancy rates. Hotels and a lot of the big chain hotels or even family owned hotels are now surviving on soft loans from government banks to try to get through this period and that's how they're making payroll each month. It's certainly not from traveler receipts after staying at the hotel. It's a very unfortunate situation because at the end of the day, the hotels, the owners, the staff are the ones all paying the price. And this can come down to the policy of the government and of the Tourism Authority of Thailand, who seem to be dithering for the last few months and giving out all different kind of signals to travelers around the world, you know, such as it's okay to come, it's not okay to come, we're open, we're not open you know, and the constantly changing message that they send out. I've said it before, tourists want confidence in the destination that they're going to arrive in. The Phuket Sandbox, although it has been useful for expats and Thais returning back to Thailand, it really hasn't attracted too many tourists. I think the last number I calculated was maybe about 30% of people that came in were actually tourists. At the end of the day, the longer the travel restrictions persist, the more chance there is of even more hotels going out of business and shutting down permanently. And the problem is, is once they shut down or a hotel closes and lays off its staff, it's very hard to get back up and running again because a hotel can fall into disrepair very, very quickly. You do need staff around, you need security staff, but unfortunately, owners at this point will not be able to afford that. And it's looking quite sad. So we really do need the government to come up with a plan to reopen this country and to safely welcome back tourists, but to welcome them back in a way that will drive tourists to the country as well. So we'll see what happens now in the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping we're going to hear positive things for the government, though, as usual, they do send out a, a lot of mixed messaging. And next up, Phuket Sandbox on edge of acts as COVID-19 cases rise another 234. Phuket Sandbox Foreign Tourism Programme is dancing on the blade of the axe as the island province deals with more than 200 new coronavirus cases a day among the local population. None of the new cases have been imported by the fully vaccinated foreigners and Thais arriving under the Sandbox Programme, which allows for quarantine-free arrival, although the tourists are confined to Phuket or Panya province for two weeks. Fewer than 0.3% of all arrivals since July 1 have tested positive for COVID-19. Instead, the surge is being fueled by construction workers, fishermen, crewmen, workers at wet market and prison inmates, despite claims that 70% of the local population is fully vaccinated. Phuket on Wednesday reported another 234 cases, which has been the daily average for more than a week. Currently, 2,933 people are in hospital or field hospitals. Thailand's overall reported 14,176 cases and 228 deaths, up slightly from the past two days. Phuket's governor, Narang Wunsi, noted September 6 that 85% of the new cases were green-coded asymptomatic patients, but the government's insistence on warehousing them in hospitals or field hospitals instead of letting them stay isolated at home is putting a strain on public and medical resources. Local authorities were working out solutions to save hospitals' beds for yellow and red-coded patients. Tourism and Sports Minister Pitipat Rakshir Pakran said that after 900 COVID-19 cases were found at an isolated construction camp that the sandbox reopening project would continue, but cases have already surpassed previously announced limits on weekly cases that officials said would require suspension of the tourism project. If cases continue to rise, the sandbox could be closed. 
Now, the Phuket Sandbox COVID numbers, so we'll just just call it the Phuket numbers, um, they are quite worrying because they are amongst the local population that apparently where there's 70% or over 70% now have been vaccinated. Now, we do know they've used a combination of Sinovac and AstraZeneca, but it does seem the people who are not vaccinated are the ones getting covid which seems to be migrant workers and people like this who they've blatantly ignored during the vaccination drive. So they only have themselves to blame in this. Now, the previous rules were that if there was 90 cases within a seven-day period, the sandbox would be suspended. But that was thrown out the door and the government came up with another idea where they just made up new rules because they were in breach of the old rules, which is not a surprise really here in Thailand, you know. The sandbox model must succeed at all cost. Whether or not it gets cancelled, I really think it would need to get a lot worse on Phuket in terms of COVID cases for them to cancel it. I suspect numbers will actually go up with the relaxation of entry rules into the province from today onwards. So yeah, things may start to get a little bit worse. I think they need to get off this idea that everybody who has COVID needs to be locked in a field hospital or in a, in a hospital. You know, if you have no symptoms, you're asymptomatic, then I think there's no problem with people being told to stay at home. And that's it. In other countries, it has worked well. And that's the bottom line here. This idea of just locking people up like they've done something wrong is completely wrong. And it just fuels this kind of fear amongst people. And that needs to also stop. COVID, yes, it's a virus. You can get it. But there's lots of viruses you can get. In Thailand, people are very fearful of getting COVID. And then they treat people who've had COVID as if, you know, they're walking around with the plague. So that's, you know, that's another thing they need to look at as well. And it's kind of has grown discrimination within Thailand amongst Thai people. You know, when people who've had COVID come back home, they won't go near them then. You know, they're keeping their distance, even though they have been tested, they're completely clear of COVID, but they're still treated badly. So we'll have to see how long they will continue this sandbox model for. As I said, I don't think they're going to get rid of it now at this stage, because that would be a complete loss of face to the authorities and to the uh, the little governor. He couldn't have that anyway. I mean, it would be the end of him if he had to stop it. So we'll see what goes on with all this. But I suspect we'll see this continue on maybe until about December and then maybe a full reopening of the country, maybe around January, as we've spoken about during the week. Now, our next story is a continuation of our story from yesterday in which the Tourism Authority of Thailand was boasting about how Hua Hin was ready to open for international tourists on October 1. Well, according to the businesses there, they are not ready. So the headline reads, Hua Hin not ready to reopen. Businesses and local communities in the resort district of Hua Hin are not ready to reopen to tourism next month as planned, fearing it could make the same mistake as the Phuket Sandbox program, according to Prechip Kirikan, Chamber of Commerce. The district initially set a timeline to restart its tourism business, with no quarantine requirements starting next month. However, the Chamber of Commerce seriously doubts the plan can go ahead. Nippon Suanawa, the Chamber Honorary Advisory, said Hua Hin will not be ready to get back to business next month, as many residents lack the will to join in the reopening push. Also, most hotels and restaurants need more time and money to adjust their operation to the tighter public health requirements and standards while state agencies might run into problems enforcing the pandemic prevention rules. He said the district was concerned that in rushing in to reopen it, 
might emulate the mistakes of the Phuket Sandbox program, which was launched in July to welcome fully vaccinated foreign visitors to the island province. Despite the stringent deterrent measures, the island has logged many daily infections. Mr. Nippon added, Pratchett Kirikan shared a long borderline stretching more than 200 kilometers with Myanmar, which raises the chance of illegal migrants slipping into the country to work in pineapple factories or at construction sites. Some of them might carry and transmit the virus. Reopening should be postponed until we're up to it, he said. The resumption of tourism should press ahead if and when Hua Hin can seamlessly link up with the tourist destinations in Prachaburi district and Pechaburi's Cha'am district. In the last quarter of this year, it had been estimated that a tourism reopening would generate about 1.2 billion baht for the local economy. However, Mr. Nippon said the goal now looked far from achievable. Some countries have issued travel advisories for their citizens planning to visit Thailand in light of the high daily COVID-19 caseloads. In addition, the heavy prevalence of the virus reported in Bangkok and provinces on the way to Hua Hin required strict public health surveillance measures to be put in place, which might hinder travel to the seaside district. He said more vaccinations were in order as risks of the new strain of the virus pose a potential threat. Meanwhile, Udam Sirenatota, vice president of the Thai Hotel Association, said he did not want to see Hua Hin facing the same problems as the Phuket Sandbox program. If restrictions had to be imposed in Hua Hin to curb a rise in infections as Phuket has been doing, then and the district would be shunned by Thai tourists who make up 75% of Hua Hen's visitors, Mr. Udom said. There is a couple of things within this that seem rather strange, but there could be an explanation for it underneath it too. Now first, it looks like the Tat are just complete idiots and really have no idea what they're doing. But on the other hand, this could be a power play by the Chamber of Commerce by saying, well, we're not ready. We don't have the money to get things going. We don't have the vaccines to get things going. We don't have the infrastructure. And they might be trying to push the Tourism Authority of Thailand to get them this money so they can reopen. Now, that's one angle from it. On the other angle is the Tourism Authority of Thailand are just completely incompetent and they have no idea what they're doing. It does seem to me... And it's something I've been thinking about all day as to why Hua Hin would be rushing to reopen when 75% of their business comes from domestic market. They don't really need international tourists to get by for the next few months. So why would they push themselves into this corner of having to be ready with this SHA plus and all the requirements and regulations that go with it and all the extra work? It just doesn't make sense to me. It could be them just trying to get out of it and saying, well, we're happy with what we have right now and we can wait until the country fully reopens in January where we won't have to do and follow all these requirements. Now that could be exactly what they're up to as well and I wouldn't be surprised. There is a lot of regulations when it comes to these sealed routes and hotels are put under a very heavy workload in relation to it. So it could be something like that. It just seems odd that one day they're talking it up and then the next day the businesses are saying, no, we're actually not really into this at all. If you do think about it, if a huge part of their business is the domestic market and they do open up to international tourism, they're going to have to put checkpoints coming into the province. People are going to have to be fully vaccinated. They're going to have to have rapid antigen tests. And this will put off the domestic market as seen in Phuket and Panya province at the moment. So yeah, I think personally, this seems to be maybe a way for the businesses of Hua Hin to get out of all this and just wait till the country reopens. But what do you think about it? Do you think it's incompetence by the Tourism Authority of Thailand or do you think there's something more to it in relation to maybe businesses just not wanting to get involved in this kind of a project and just wait till the full reopening? I'd love to hear your opinion down below in the comment section. Now next up, Pattaya Bangkok election postponed indefinitely by prior to keep his men in office. 
proving that the former military junta leader who put Bangkok and Patti as mayors in office isn't ready to let his men go, the cabinet on Tuesday indefinitely postponed long overdue elections in both cities. Former General Prayachanacha, who appointed Aswin Kwamuang, Bangkok's governor and political ally, Santaya Kumplom as Patia's mayor, is letting both men stay in office until sometime in 2022. Patia has not had elections for mayor and council members since 2012 and Bangkok since 2013. Both city elections were supposed to have been rubber stamped by the cabinet on Tuesday when the interior minister proposed November 28 as the election date for the two cities and sub-districts administration organizations nationwide. Cabinet ministers approved the SAO polls and directed the election commission to set a time in November or December for the vote, but put the kibosh on the Pattaya and Bangkok polls claiming COVID-19 as a reason despite already having held elections during the pandemic. Government spokesman Tanakorn Wangbungchana said the SAO elections will play out in 5,300 municipalities. The postponement of the Bangkok and Pati elections is particularly erroneous for the Chambri city as it's without a working government council after it was disintegrated last month. Only three of the 12 council members named by the junta in 2016 remain in office and all are lame ducks, unable to hold meetings and pass any legislation or budgets. Three years of attrition have left the city council with only six members when the panel met August 12th after an intense and acrimonious debate over a proposal to spend 200 million baht on a new closed-circuit television camera, half the six resigned in protest. Unable to form a quorum, the council collapsed. The last time Bangkok voters got to exercise their democratic rights to city leaders was July 2012, when Kun Parabatra won the re-election by a landslide, but he was removed by junta leader Priot in 2016 for basically opposing the coup and defying the insecure general. Priot then elevated previously appointed deputy governor Aswin to governor. Aswin has run the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration amid much criticism ever since. So this is what the current government and prime minister call democracy, where they basically do not let elections happen. Well, they let local elections happen all around the country, but they will not let elections happen in Bangkok or Pattaya for fear of losing control of those cities to people who would not be favorable to him. And that, my friends, is what a junta dictator looks like. We don't need to say any more about it. I think everybody can get the impression of what kind of prime minister we have running this country. And the next story, warning of heavy rain as tropical storm nears. Most regions of the country can expect to be drenched in the next 24 hours as heavy rain is forecast as tropical storm Kansan approaches, the Thai Meteorological Department says. The TMD reported on Tuesday afternoon that the storm was moving across the central Philippines in a northwesterly direction towards Vietnam. As it approaches, the storm will likely bring a 70-80% to 80% chance of rain in all regions except the south in the next 24 hours. The downpours in many parts of the country are likely to continue until next Monday. Persistent heavy rain could trigger down stream surges and rivers including the Chow Pra, which flows through Bangkok, raising the risk of widespread flooding, the Royal Irrigation Department said. Now that's just a quick note that there will be a lot of heavy rain in the next few days. I've already seen it in parts of Phuket and Panya. It is pouring down at the moment and it's uh, that nice heavy rain that you normally would expect during the monsoon season, but just that little bit heavier. So stay safe if you're out there driving about. 
And now for some Phuket news. Phuket reported 234 new COVID infections in the past 24 hours. The new local infections bring the total number of new infections on the island in the past seven days to 1,651. We had 286 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on four flights, one Cathay Pacific, one Emirates and two Singapore Airlines. 273 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second test, with none testing positive, while 197 tested negative for their third test. Since the 1st of July, 29,363 travellers have availed of the Sandbox project. Now in other Phuket news... Witness testimony deferred in trial of Bangla shooter cop. Witness testimonies in the trial of Pornta Chanarong, the corporal with the Phuket Provincial Police who was drunk off duty when he shot 25-year-old noodle vendor Arun Tongplab in the stomach on Bangla Road in Batang in February has been deferred. Domestic visitors to Phuket can conduct their own rapid tests at the checkpoint. All domestic visitors arriving at the Phuket checkpoint who wish to come onto the island are now allowed to bring their own antigen test kits and use them at the checkpoint to prove they are not infected with COVID-19. Russians wanted for 50 million Patia R theft arrested in Phuket. Officers from Phuket Immigration arrested three Russians, two men and one woman, in Kokkao today for fleeing bail in Patia, where they are wanted to face charges for assault and theft of a painting reportedly worth 50 million baht. And finally, scale of Phuket Vegetarian Festival, still unclear. Organisers are still pondering the scale of this year's Phuket Vegetarian Festival as COVID-19 continues to spread through the community, Provincial Governor Narung Wansi said on Wednesday. This year's festival is planned for October 6 to 14. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.